Hey everybody, welcome to, I think, episode three of Into the Light, Breaking the Silence. And I cannot find my, uh, my microphone headphones. Oh my gosh. So I hope you guys can hear me. Um, it's been a long, crazy week and it's already a Monday. But um, I want to start this podcast by saying there will be things discussed that include domestic violence, physical abuse, um, mental abuse. So if you are triggered by any of the following, please click off of this podcast. I just want to always put this at the beginning of the episode so those that listen know, you know, in case they randomly click on an episode, they know that there are triggers. Um, so... Let's get into this episode. Just to recap from the last episode, we were kicked out of his mother's home. So we're now pretty much homeless. Um, And my brother allowed us to move in with him into his two-bedroom apartment. We had moved in with my brother and his wife at the time. They're no longer together. I don't wish anything ill on her. She's the mother of my niece. My niece so precious. I love her. But, um, so we move in with my brother and his wife. And, you know, I'm thankful that they give us a place to stay because obviously we were pretty much homeless. Uh, about a week into us moving into the apartment with them, um, I had went through my abuser's phone because I had insecurities and the trust was just broken. So I I don't know why I did it. Like I said, from the beginning, I'm not perfect. I'm not a saint. Um, But I went through his phone and there was messages from him, between him and this girl who ended up at the time being, I want to say 16 or 17. um, And talking about meeting him at his work and seeing, and I was just like, what? So I ended up messaging her, and she was like, yeah. And then she was like, but is if it was weird because she was being like a young teenager, and she was like, if I wanted your man, obviously he does. I'm not. I'm just here as like a side piece because your picture's in the front of the dashboard. And I was like, what the hell? I wouldn't be proud of that, but okay. So um, we're living with my brother and his wife at the time, and... Uh, we're still arguing non-stop all the time. So that was another argument. Um, I don't want to get started into this so early, but, um, this next moment of physical abuse is, um, very, I'm about to cry just before I even start talking about it, but it's very hard for me to talk about. And it's something that I still have nightmares about. And it's one of my biggest traumas. Um, so, I want to get into... Um, I was giving my son a bath. My son was... I want to say that at this point he was like a month or two old. Um, he was still a little baby. Um, so, he was getting a bath. And I was... I put him on the bed to change his clothes, but before giving him a bath, I had saw messages in my abuser's phone from another girl 
and so I was all worked up about it. I mean, I don't know why, because I should have expected it happened so many times. But anyway, so I was had my son on the bed. He wasn't old enough to roll over yet, um, and he was in the middle of the bed, and I was getting him clothes and a diaper, and my abuser walks in the room, and I'm just, like, you know, making talk. I'm like, so I see there was, like, messages in your phone. I'm not going to act like I was just, like, all sweet about it because I wasn't. I was like, I see where there was messages in your phone from another girl. And he's like, I don't know what the f you're, ta f you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, you do. And so um, we just start arguing about it. And I'm like, you know what I'm talking about. And he's just making me feel crazy and making me feel like I'm stupid. And I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm seeing things and basically just trying to make me feel like I'm crazy. So then the argument gets really escalated. And my baby, my son, starts crying. But, um, sorry. So my baby is crying on the bed. I had gotten his diaper on him before we started arguing, thank goodness. But, um, my abuser had gotten so heated that we were both arguing. I mean, honestly, we were both heated, but he had gotten in my face and I was like, if you don't back up, just back up. And I had gotten like defensive and sorry this is when he took his hand and put it around my throat and shoved me up against the wall and proceeded to choke me and the only thing I remember was like him just choking me and me looking him in his eyes and he just had like this blank look on his face like it wasn't affecting him but the part that I'm sorry guys the part that bothers me the most about this was I had started to like I guess black out and all I remember and really this is really what I have nightmares about is blacking out the only thing I can hear in the background is my infant my son laying on the bed crying and I couldn't get to him and console him and be a good mom because I was being choked. <sighs> Sorry, I mean, it's hard to understand me when I start crying. This is just something that I still struggle with to this day, and I still dream about like just pitch black and hearing my son crying. <laughs> so he proceeds to choke me and to the point where I start foaming at the mouth and then he just releases and I fall I remember falling to the ground like half conscious and him like kicking me really hard and telling me I'm faking you're faking bitch quit acting like you're foaming at the mouth you're effing faking so I just was like oh my god I'm not faking um <laughs> And then he proceeded to, like, make me feel crazy and yelling at me and telling me to get up and get my son ready. And, and uh, he didn't need to, like, be not clothed and this, that, and the other. And I just remember, like, trying to just, just, like, getting the energy to crawl up on the bed and lay next to my son and just get my energy together while being screamed at that I'm faking foaming at the mouth a couple minutes prior and um so I'm trying to stop crying guys because it's hard to hear me and understand me but 
So I crawl up in the bed beside my son and I'm like trying to get him dressed while the energy I have my abuser walked out of the room. Um, my brother and my sister-in-law at the time were not home during this. Um, so thank, I mean, I wish they were, I don't want to say thank God, but, um, so I crawled in the bed with my son, got the energy together to get him ready. And I just remember falling asleep and my son used to co-sleep with me. I, I know it's bad. I know people don't recommend it, but I mean, I was a young mom. Um, but my son co-slept with me and, um, I remember having to put makeup on my neck to cover up the marks and the bruises from being choked. And then the next day, like the next morning, he acted like he didn't know what I was talking about, that that didn't happen, that I was effing crazy, that I faked foaming at the mouth and I, it was all my fault because I went through his phone that we had an argument, but I was effing crazy. Um, basically just making me feel like I was losing my mind. So by this time I am losing my mind. I mean, I'm being told that I'm imagining things, but I know I'm not. Um, I'm being told that I'm crazy. And really, abusers, I've noticed, do this where, like, for example, if his friends would say something, he would be like, oh, she's just crazy, and I'm just dealing with her uh, being crazy. And that's that's one thing, is that people who are like this, like narcissistic and just all over the place, are, are really good at hiding it from others. Um, they're really good at painting a picture of they are just dealing with a crazy person, even though they're the ones making the person crazy. Um, so the next incident happened a couple of weeks later when, um, I was so sleep deprived because like I said, my son had colic and he would just cry. I mean, bless his heart. And it probably didn't help the situation he was in, but he would just cry. I remember holding him and crying, but I had had no sleep and I just needed some help. So I just, one day, one night, not day, one night, I was sitting in the recliner and I was like, Hey, can you just please help me make a bottle? Cause I guess he was planning, I think he was planning on going out somewhere that night. Mm-hmm. But I was like, can you please just make a bottle before you leave and and bring it to me? And he's like, sure, whatever. So then he puts the formula in before the water. And I guess it doesn't make a difference, but that was my first baby. And the, all the formula instruction says, put the water and then the formula. And he is um, using sink water and I'm like, oh, God, I have some nursery water, like, bought, like um, jugs of it in the pantry. I'm like, can you use those? I guess he got tired of me telling him what to do. So he has the full bottle in his hand of water, and he flings it at my head. Um, he's like, F it. I'm not going to do it then. If you just want to tell me how to do it, F it. And he flings it at my head, and it hits me in my left temple so hard that my head starts to swell. I mean, it just, like, was the worst head pain probably ever. And he goes out the door and slams it. 
and little leaves for the rest of the night. I don't know where he went. I still don't know. And then later on, my mom comes by, you know, just randomly. And she can tell, because like any mom can tell something's wrong with their child. And she's like, you know, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. Then she's like, um, why is the left side of your head, why do you have a goose egg? And she's like, what happened to your head? And I was like, you know, we just got into this argument and I hit my head and it was, I was making excuses. And my mom was like, did he do this to you? We can call the police right now. Hannah, I need to know. And I just remember making excuses and my mom was like, are you sure? And I was like, yes, I'm sure. Nothing happened. And we, she left it at that. I don't know if deep down she knew that I was lying. But she saw the goose egg and was like freaking out. And I didn't even realize how bad it was. But I ended up taking a picture of it and texting it to him and being like, wow, great. You know? And I still have the screenshot of the message. And I put it in my domestic violence awareness video where he's like, the bottle is plastic. It's soft. You need to quit being dramatic. And uh, and then later, when I had brought it up towards, like, the end of our relationship during an argument, he was like, you have a lump on your head. Your whole family has a lump on your head. And I have a recording of that. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Seriously, dude. But, yeah. So, there was that incident where the baby bottle had made a lump on my head. And then, of course, he comes back at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it's all nice, and it's like, you ima- you imagine that, and mind you, there's this lump on my head, and I'm like, oh, what? So, uh, I want to say, though, because I feel like somebody's going to be like, well, if this just kept happening to her, why didn't she leave? <sighs> Domestic violence victims, the hardest part is leaving. It is. If you don't believe me, look it up. Watch documentaries, watch videos. The hardest part is leaving. So please do not judge me for staying during all of this. I don't know why I did. Don't ask me. Now that I'm older, I'd be like, you need to leave. But in that time, in that moment, in that scenario, I didn't. Um, so we're so we'll fast forward to a few weeks later. Uh, like I was saying before I told the story about the bottle, People have a hard time, have an easy time. Sorry, I'm getting all jumbled up because I hear my youngest just woke up from his nap. <laughs> um, so the um, people who are like this that are narcissistic, they have a, an abusive, they have an easy time hiding their true colors uh, to others. But eventually, with my brother and his wife at the time, there was an argument. And I'm not going to go into detail about it because it's personal. It's a family thing. I'm just not going to go into detail about it because it's about, you know, what things that happened to my brother and my, his wife's, ex-wife's marriage. But um, there was a fam- there was like an argument one day at the apartment between my brother, his wife at the time, and my abuser. And he let those true colors show. Um, just how reckless and hateful and careless he was. So, um, we once again got kicked out and well, let me say this. We didn't get kicked out. My brother was like, you 
and your son are welcome to stay here. Um, but he has got to go. So I should, at this time, I should have just been like, all right, deuces, you know, you can go. But, um, no, I didn't. And like I said, the hardest part is leaving, but I, I decided to follow along. So, um, I had actually gotten back in contact with my dad and my grandmother. Uh, I want to say now that it's years later. At first, I was like, why is he letting me? Did I persuade him? My abuser have a relationship with them. But really, it was for his personal gain because he was like, oh, they'll help us with anything. So he was like, okay, we can allow them to come back into the picture because they're helpful. Um and my family's always been that way. We don't hold grudges. So we talk things out. And so, yeah, when my son was three months old, my dad came back into my life. And I'm thankful that he did. And um, we went over to my dad's house after getting into an argument with my brother and his wife. And my dad was like, all right, what in the world? Because we're homeless. So my dad actually gets in contact. And this is where it's used for his personal gain. My goodness. The UPS man sounding loud outside, but um, this is where he uses it for his personal gain and why he allows me to have a relationship with them. He sees that uh, there's personal gain. But anyways, I'm repeating myself over and over. I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to get this out for I have to go get the baby up for his from his nap. But um, my dad's like gets in contact actually with my uncle, which is his brother, who has a house for sale but it's vacant and there's furniture in there and he's like you know what uh my uncle tells him they can live there they can rent it until it's ready for sale in a couple months or whenever it's ready to sell until they have a place of their own uh they can live there so i'm like okay uh that's great so we move in there and we Move into my uncle's house, and hold on one second, guys. Let me go get the baby up from his nap. Hold on. And we lived there. Uh, my son at the time was, I want to say, I can't remember. I think he was like nine months old, ten months old. He was getting close to a year old. Um... We lived there, and then my abuser uh, takes his job shortly after moving into the house where it's about 45 minutes north of where we're living, and his idea was he was going to um, work up there and during the week live with a friend that lived up there as well, a male friend. And work up there and then come home if he had the gas money on the weekends. <laughs> so, I am by myself raising my child. Um, and because he's only coming back on the weekends, he has gas money. But, I'm still expected to, uh, you know, we're in a relationship. That's what it, it is, what it is. You're expected to stay faithful and be in a relationship even though it's long distance I have friends that do this now with their spouses and it's you know it's not that bad but um (laughs) so he would come home on the weekends uh that he had gas money and one weekend when he came home uh (laughs) 
he had messages in his phone where he was planning on meeting this girl at the red block red block red box for um some I don't I want to keep it PG-13 for some services uh for him so <laughs> That sounds so crazy. Um, So he was going to meet her at the Red Box for some services for him. (laughs) And uh, when I saw it, I was like, what? I was kind of numb to the feeling, I guess. I was just, I was upset, of course, and irate. But I was like, I mean, I'm not surprised because this has been going on. And um, (laughs) so the... Of course, I'm like, okay, he's like, I'm going to the red box. I'm like, well, have fun with, and I said the girl's name. And he's like, what are you talking about? So uh, then he starts to get mad because, one, I went through his phone because there was messages popping up. And, I mean, (laughs) the argument escalates. And during this argument, I want to say that the most, the thing that has, most thing that's ever happened to me to make me feel like complete garbage and worthless happened in this argument. Um, I'm holding my son and I'm going to take him into the bedroom, I guess for a nap or something. And arguing, he's still mad and still going on and on and on about how I went through his phone. Well, I'm like, you know, what does it matter? Because you treat me like trash anyways. You treat me like trash. That's why I kept saying. So, I mean, I'm used to it. Well, then he got in my face. I'm holding my son. Keep in mind, he hawks a loogie and spits it on me. And it hits me. It doesn't hit my son, but it hits me. And when I, when I tell you that is one of the most, the moments that I most felt like a worthless piece of garbage. For someone to hawk a loogie and spit it on you, that is an awful feeling. It's something I don't ever want to experience again it was disgusting it was degrading and he was basically like yeah you are trash that's what he said he was like you are trash so why don't I just spit on you like you're trash and then he got in his car and left for the remainder of the weekend and so after that he was gone for maybe two weekends whatever that was just one of the lowest points where I just felt like a complete garbage. But um, then after that, there was a time when we were going to Atlanta to visit his real mother. And um, the plan was we were just going to go up there and stay for a night and uh, let her see the baby and this that and the other so I only packed enough formula for that night and a few diapers for that night because that was the plan well on the way up there him and his cousin get to talking about going to New York and I'm like when this weekend like I have to go home before I can go and he's like no you're not going because we can't smoke in the car cigarettes he's like we can't smoke cigarettes in the car with the baby and, um, we have to smoke because we can't stop and take smoke breaks. So they were like, we're just going to go. And I'm like, okay, well, I have to go home. I don't have enough, I don't have enough money for new things. So, um, 
we got up there and literally that same night within an instant he decided he was gonna go to New York which would have been fine had I had a way to get back home um to like get back home I didn't have enough formula I didn't have enough diapers so um what the heck was that so there was the instant where um I'm left up there my son doesn't have enough formula for the whole weekend I start to panic so thankfully by the grace of God one of my good friends who is an absolute doll um he is amazing and he's just the bomb he came and got me so um he had taken me to a meeting point for me to meet a friend of mine who I met through my abuser so it was like a mutual friend she was one of the few friends I was allowed to see and when I say aloud, I'm going to elaborate on that in just a second. So she took me home free, and I'm so thankful that she did, um, free of charge. But I got home, and I had the diapers and formula I needed. But my friends, the ones, the friends I had had for years, um, wanted me to come see them because they hadn't seen me in forever. They hadn't met my baby. So they were like, come on, come up here, wherever we're from, and see us. And I was like, okay. I mean, he's out of town. So I text him because I realized his car is parked directly behind mine to the point where I can't get out of the driveway. And I'm like, hey, where are your keys? Because I'm, uh, I need to go somewhere. And he's like, where do you need to go? And he's like, I have my keys, but where do you need to go? And when I tell him I want to go see my friends, oh, it's over with. Like, why do you need to go see them? You're probably not going to go see them. And then it went to, a, they're probably going to watch the baby while you go cheat and see whoever you want to see. And I'm like, oh my God, no, I just want to see my friends. So he's like, well, I have the key and you're not going anywhere. So I ended up not being able to go see my friends and I was stuck at home. Um, which, am I surprised? No. Am I surprised that he took the key with him now? No. So, um, I didn't get to go see my friends. And when he returns back from New York a few days later, thank God I had enough diapers and formula to last me. Uh, he was like, not talking to me, not communicating with me, nothing. So then he just goes straight from being back from New York back to his friend's house where he was living to go to work. And I was like, well, okay then, there's that. <laughs> but he took his car, so I was finally able to leave. Um, and honestly, to be honest with you guys, um, the only reason why I didn't go see my friends while I was at home while he was gone on these days is because I didn't have the money. I wasn't working at the time. Um, I didn't have the money and he wouldn't give me the gas money to go see my friends. So, there's that. And I think I'm going to go ahead and end this episode right here because it's kind of been all over the place. I've been trying to snip it and add to it and do all that. I just want to start over with a clean slate. So, 
I'm going to end this episode right here. One takeaway I want to have from this episode is I want people to see, one, it's not easy for someone to leave this situation. And two, uh, the isolation. The isolation is unreal. And then eventually abusers start throwing their two colors to other people, people that get close with them. And just several things. And this episode's all over the place. So I can't really think straight. <laughs> but um, I, it is daytime here. I'm about to make my youngest son some lunch. I want you guys to have a wonderful day or night. Thank you so much for listening.